0: Welcome to the Rogue Tailboard Podcast, where firemen are fired up, and minimal is unacceptable. Captain Avery, good morning. Is she there? Yes, I'm here. How are you? Pretty good, brother. How about yourself? Not too bad. Had a pretty good start of the morning, getting this finalized, and knocking out a couple other things, and uh, making sure my my army of kiddos is is taken care of.
1: <laughs> there you go. I hear you. Yeah. I, right. When I get home, I get to see what the wife's honeydew list is, figure all that stuff out. She works from home. So it's kind of uh, nice though.
0: Yeah. My wife stays at home too. And she's got a full-time job that never ends anyways, taking care of everyone and making sure things just in order, you know, it's a, it's a big hats off. And sometimes I definitely take it for granted. Just, you don't, you don't look at the overall work that's truly put in until you step back and look and like, man, she really works her tail off. She's incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my, mm-hmm. goes off to my wife as well. Pretty much all moms. They're, they're oh, rock stars, no. man. They keep everything Spe- humming along.
0: Especially if they're a fire wife mom. Cause we're, we're not always there like a typical eight to five job where, you know, we can plan and it's always spontaneous and sporadic. Then you get, get us that do a little above the extra and you know go out and do extra trainings to just better
1: ourselves it man they're they're the unsung heroes i think absolutely man it takes a, it takes a different breed to be a to be a fire wipe, that is for sure it's not for everybody just like fire service isn't for everybody man <laughs> well we're ready, rolling man I, I agree with you on that too but <laughs> yes, well, before we
0: start going through some rabbit chases man uh, just thank you so much for coming on for those listening, this is Captain Chris Everett, our respected department here in Texas. Uh, I got the pleasure to meet him at the first Live Oak conference, and that was an incredible time to begin with, with Fellowship and Brotherhood. Those Live Oak boys yes, are sure. a job putting that on. And I uh, just wanted hey, to yeah.
1: thank you for coming on and giving us your time, Cap. Hey, not a problem, man. I'm just uh, humbled and blessed and glad that, uh, that you and, uh, you know, some others or whoever made this recommendation to, to allow me to come on and talk to you all. Uh, I'm just ecstatic about it, man. I, I can't tell you how happy I am. So, awesome. That definitely makes me, make me, cool. me
0: Oh, you're welcome, brother. Again, it just, it blows me away that uh, a simple conversation that you could have with a brother and just, you know, consensually knowing it's going to be recorded for others to hear, to it have a, an impact to help change somebody is, is awesome. I would have never expected to be blessed with this, but it is what it is, and I'm very thankful for it. So I'm glad that you appreciate it. Yes, sir. But uh, I do want to start off and just kind of ask you, you know, what, what got you into the fire service? Is it something you always wanted to do or just kind of fell into uh, it?
1: You know, what you got? Yes. So uh, for me, this goes way back. I uh, kind of I have uh, family members in the Houston area uh, mm-hmm. that have, were firefighters, and uh, they've been doing that since, you know, probably before I was even born. Um, so, you know, kind of had that, uh, was kind of baptized into it just very little, uh, you know, when we would go down to that Houston area to see family and stuff. And then, uh, you know, as far as at home, um, my father is actually one of, uh, one of the founding fathers of a small volunteer fire department in Gonzales County, uh, which nice. is where I was born and raised. Uh, so that probably started, oh, I don't know, in early nineties, maybe 93, 94 when my dad started that. So, I kind of was just around mm-hmm. it all my life. Just, just, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of grew up in that uh, environment. And then, uh, you know, graduated high school and uh, wanted to do the volunteer thing. So uh, my dad was kind of like, hey, you know, let me send you up to Teaks, you know, municipal week and, you know, we'll we'll see how you do. Make sure you really like it before you kind of jump jump off the feet first and uh, see how it goes. So went and did that in uh, 2000 and uh, absolutely loved it. My parents came and actually picked me up. Um, you know, I picked at the time I had just turned 18. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, they picked me up and they were like, hey, we're going to go look at some colleges. I was like, nah, you can scratch that. <laughs> I, I, like, I want to come back here and go to the fire academy. This is this is what I want to do. I, I'm, I'm sold. And uh, pretty much from there, the rest is history. You know, went and got my EMT at Victoria College and then 2002, Went to teach recruit academy, uh, class 108, and uh, did that. Got out literally. Man, I got out, and oh, shoot, I think three days later, I was hired on part time uh, with Gonzales Fire Department, you know, my hometown. And I stayed there till 2007. Uh, eventually, you know, I got hired on full time probably like six months later after that, and uh, you know, stayed there till 2007 and then went to, went to live oak, you know, had to had to kind of just move on. I mean they're Gonzales is a real small department. Um, you know, uh, great department, get a lot of fires there. Uh they don't run EMS or anything like that, but a lot of a lot of good, you know, when I say good car accidents, none of it's good, but you know what I mean. Right. No, I, I, I thought you did know, yeah, so you know lots of good car accidents, uh, good fires, big grass fires. Real you know, it's a rural area. Uh so it's a little bit different. Um but they only had two guys two paid guys on duty um and the rest was staffed by volunteers um you know and I needed I kind of got to that point in my career where hey I, I'm, I want more you know I, I want that that opportunity to promote up you know when I came into fire service I wanted to be a lieutenant um and that was kind of one of my my first initial goals and I just couldn't get it there so I ended up having to move on move to Live Oak um and I've been in Live Oak ever since and it's been a blessing man this has been awesome so. Nice. It's
0: really cool to see
1: how how those
0: journeys transpire, especially from day one. And um a lot of people, I guess a lot of citizens and some of those that are just now getting out of the fire academies, a lot of times they don't realize that, okay, now that I've got my certifications, now it's time to house hunt. You're not just given a spot oh, yeah. somewhere. So what do you think Absolutely. about that and the challenges that can come with that?
1: Yeah, so you know, I hear a lot of a lot of kids right out of the right out of the fire academies and they say, Hey, you know. I'm just trying to get my foot in the door. Um, and, and to an extent, you know, that, that's, that's accurate. Um, mm-hmm. But i would encourage them, like, hey, do your research, right? Try to, try to uh, get a better understanding of that department that you're headed to. Because not all departments are built the same, right? right. All departments, each department has, has something that it's known for, whether that's, hey, we're real aggressive or we're not that aggressive, or, hey, we like to train, or maybe we're a little bit more laxed on that. Uh, so do your homework, kind of figure out where you fit in and what you're looking for, you know, whether that's um, uh, just what they're known for or whether that's uh, a certain skill set that they get to do. Uh, you know, if you, if you like doing, you know, a lot of rescue uh, stuff or, you know, different disciplines that are kind of unique to the fire service, you, you need to find a department that, that kind of is tailored to that. Cause not all True. departments are created the same as far as when it comes to budgeting and money and, and personnel and things like that. So I'd encourage them. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, try to get your foot in the door, but do a little bit of homework on that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure that it's a good fit for you because that first department, I mean, that's where it really sets the tone for you. Right. Yes. You could come in and if it's a, if I'm just trying to get my foot in the door and it, it's a department that doesn't fit what I'm looking for, well, I might get disgruntled or discouraged or whatever that looks like. And then that could give me a bad taste of the fire service. But you know, I do do my homework and, and make sure that, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This fits me. And it may not be one department. Maybe find a bunch of them and then put your applications out and get your foot in the door that way uh, mm-hmm. so that so that that initial uh, onset or, you know, that initial uh, hiring is 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 a great experience, right? And you can get everything that you wanted out of that. I can yes, use sorry. me as an that, as that example, you know, and, and uh, I love Gonzalez Fire Department. It was great. I, at the time, you know, I was just a young kid. You have to understand, I was, <laughs> the day I graduated from the academy, I was, I was 20 years old. I just turned 20. Like the day I graduated was my birthday. So when I got hired on, I'm a 20 year old kid, you know, and, and there it was, it was kind of, kind of the Wild West, uh, so to speak. I mean, uh, the chief was a, a volunteer. He was a great guy. Uh, uh, John Parr, he was an ex-paid uh, fireman out of uh, Highland Park up in the Dallas area. Uh, okay. So he really knew his stuff, but he kind of he gave us free reign to be free thinkers and do this uh, type of stuff. Um, but we did have a little bit of a, uh, of a challenge or uh, a war, I guess you would say, between paid staff and the volunteer guys. And and back then, it was, you know, I was on that paid side and real arrogant and, you know, hot-headed kind of stuff. And now I sit back and look at it and like, man, I just don't understand why, right? I don't get it. I don't understand why why it was that way. Um, so did y'all ever resolve a- that? Side note, just for those that might be going through that,
0: did y'all ever come to common grounds, you know, between the paid and volunteer
1: uh, to an extent. We had had some meetings and stuff. Uh, and unfortunately, I, you know, when I left, it, it hadn't really resolved itself mm-hmm. um, since then. Uh, my understanding is that it has. Uh, it's mm-hmm. gotten a lot better. And even when I look back at it on myself now, it's like, man, I, I could have done some, things so much differently. Um, right. Because I'm, I'm still friends with all those guys. You know, I still right. talk to them. I grew up from there. So those volunteer guys were, those are guys that I've known all my life. Um, right. so it was just a, just an arrogant time frame, you know, but it, it kind of gave me a little bit of a bad taste. And so my, mm-hmm. my experience was, was a little bit jaded. Now mm-hmm. I look at it and gotcha. I'm like, hey, you know what? I, I wouldn't trade anything, uh, the, the way that I did it, or, or I'm sorry, I wouldn't trade, uh, not working there. It would be more along mm-hmm. the lines of I would change kind of my perception of how, how I handled those situations between the volunteers and paid guys. Um, okay. because it, it did, um, really kind of have an effect on my first job. So I kind of, kind of tying this all back into, you know, with these new guys coming in, really sure. do your homework, make sure it's what you're looking for so that you have a really good experience. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause that's going to be, that's going to springboard you for the rest of your career. Right. Yes. If I go into a bad environment or something that doesn't fit what I'm looking for. It just doesn't set a very good tone for the rest of your career. So yeah.
0: I could agree to that 100%. And I do believe that sheds a spotlight on the importance of having a culture in your department. You, know, you oh, can tangent on the retention and recruitment aspect of all that too, but if you don't have a true solid culture, or even if you're yeah. a newer organization, let's just say 20 plus years new, mm-hmm. you you have to find that culture that you really want to instill and ingrate upon, or it's just going to be like a, a free range in my opinion.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, culture, culture is everything that kind of it ties it back to the whole, you know, every prince known for for something. So, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that culture is what you're looking for and what you want. Yeah.
0: I absolutely agree on that. And you mentioned starting off on that conversation that uh, you had the aspirations of wanting to promote to a lieutenant. And uh, here you are now as a captain. That's one of the questions I had is, you know, what inspired you to promote? and reflecting on your journey from your probationary time frame to where you are now, what were some valuable lessons that you learned in the process?
1: Yeah, so valuable lessons on that. When I first came in, you know, for, for whatever reason, I wanted to be a lieutenant. I never had that aspiration of, hey, I wanted to be a captain or a battalion chief or even a chief, right? I, I didn't have that. I wanted to be a lieutenant. I wanted to be, uh, you know, in charge of a, a crew uh, and try to mold them into what I thought was good. Right. And looking back at it now, then I had no clue. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. No clue. Um, right. you know, when I came in, it was baptized. You were baptized by fire. There was no, no formal training as far as, uh, you know, Hey, here's your probationary book. These are the things that we do or blah, 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 etc etc cetera, et cetera. It's Hey, here's your fire truck. Here's your, here's all your equipment go literally Mm -hmm. and and so i had no clue about any of that stuff but i'm sitting there just making hey yep i want to be a lieutenant blah 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 so kind of went through all of that now looking back at it like yeah probably wasn't the best thing however it did help create me into what i am today um Mm -hmm. so once i got over to live oak you know that's when it really it really started to kind of come in and and uh become a possibility Right, so then, you know, just kind of uh, had a had a lieutenant at that time, uh, Captain Rob Johnson. He, he's now Captain Rob Johnson, but he basically came in and said, hey, you know, and I told him that when I got there, I'm like, hey, he's like, what's your goals? What's your plans? You know, what are you looking for? I was like, I want to be a lieutenant. And he basically was like, hey, you know, sit there, be quiet, that's a long way to go. You need to soak it up, uh, you know, go through the process, okay? understand everything that you're asking for what you're looking at uh and know what you're getting into i'm like oh you know kind of kind of was laughing my face like shoot maybe i shouldn't have said that um so it really kind of hit home with me so from there it was okay i'm gonna slow it down right don't be in a hurry to to promote you know you need time and you need experiences you know uh it doesn't matter what classes i take you know everybody always says, Oh, well, you know, he's got officer one, he's got this, he's got that, you know, there's like what a chapter in that officer book or that, you know, it's the fire officer book that tells you some strategies and tactics. You're not going to know anything off of that. So (laughs) needed to, you know, really needed to just kind of slow down, take it slow, get those experiences and be able to use that uh, to help better me and make me prepared for that. Um, Just as far as what drove it though. I mean, it's just a desire of me wanting to, wanting to lead. I don't know, for whatever reason, I've always been, you know, I, I want to be the leader. I want to be the team that's picked first. I want to mold some, uh, mold a crew into what I, what I think that they, they should be uh, or what I think is a good team. I always tell my guys, I was like, hey, look, we're going to freaking – we're going to work our butts off. We're going to train our butts off because I want to be that team, right? When we're standing there or we get on scene – and maybe we're, you know, the second crew, third crew in, whatever it is. And I'm walking up to command and the incident commander looks around, you know, has a specific task that he's kind of like, Ooh, not sure about. You know, mm-hmm. I want him to be looking around people and going, hey, that crew, Live Oak, you guys come here. Yes. I got a task for you. And, and we get that task and go accomplish it. That's what I want. Right. That's, That's the awesome. type of stuff that drives me and inspires me to, to push my guys to teach them and train them and ultimately just make the service better, right? Make it better than what i found it. That's to me, that's what it's all about.
0: Amen. Yeah.
1: I want to make the fire service better than what I found it. Okay. And, Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, that's getting that knowledge and then going and spreading that with everybody. Don't hoard it. Right. Don't, don't tuck it away in your pocket and try to use it as a, as a tool or something that makes me feel like I'm better than you screw that, man. If I could create a crew that's, that's where everybody's better than me, man, that's, that's golden right there.
0: Absolutely. So So what is, what has inspired you to gain your influences on what you feel should be best practices to bring back to your crew?
1: So a lot of it with me is I just want to, it needs to make sense. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when it comes to different things that I like to do, you know, search, things like that, there's a lot of statistical data now. And I'm really I'm really big into that for for whatever reason. I I don't know why, Uh, because I guess in my mind, the numbers don't lie. Right. Right. People Uh, do. But
0: the data doesn't.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and and there is some truth to to what some people say about how, well, you know, this is real world and this happens. Right. You're never going to hear me say uh, we're always going to do it this way absolutely right. never going to hear me say that i tell my guys all the time hey we're going to let the conditions dictate our actions plain yes. and simple every single time um i don't want to go into it with hey this is the way we're going to do it every time you know hey maybe we have a plan a but hey if, I, if the conditions don't meet what plan a is uh, what we have planned for plan a we're going to go off to plan b that simple so right. uh man i kind of ran off in a rabbit hole i kind of lost my. no you're possible. good <laughs> what was the sorry what was that question again uh just what
0: what inspired you like so you said that you like to gain knowledge to bring back to your crew so sometimes that may not be possible in your organization so what Mm -hmm. are things that you look at outside whether it be a conference or a class that you say you know what Mm -hmm. i want to seek this out to gain knowledge to bring back to my crew so i'm just curious what what bullet points you're looking for for that
1: Yeah. So for me, like we talked about the statistical data stuff, but also going Mm -hmm. to conferences and seeking out the most realistic training you can find. Right. Mm -hmm. I I want realistic training. I don't want, uh, you know, I don't want to go into burn houses and things where it's a wide open room. There's nothing in there that we're going to search around. Uh, It just doesn't, it's not gonna, it's not the same. Right. So when I go to these conferences and I'm open to going to all kinds, because you can learn something, from from everything whether it's a whether it's a good conference or a bad conference you can learn every anything from anywhere right so i go to a mall uh and kevin a lot of times uh, kevin Fluger, he's you know he's my guy man he's my brother we're mm-hmm. when it comes to going to conferences him and i are like hey this is going on you want to go yeah let's go we'll check it out we go vet it and hey if it's something that we think yeah this is this is it man they're doing something really special here then we bring it back we start teaching our guys right and then we just encourage them like, Hey guys, let's go to this. Y'all got to check this out. You got to do it. So really when it comes to what's inspiring or what we look for, it's going to be that, uh, you know, realistic training. The other thing is it's going to be positive attitudes, right? Positive attitude and good instruction. Okay. Uh, I I don't like it when, you know, this is in the fire service. I think there's an issue of uh, where guys are just like, Hey, you know, we do it this way and only this way, and I, I, don't, I don't like that. You know, I want, I want a good, good vibe with these guys and want them to uh, put out the message, you know, that we're looking for in a very positive way. Uh, I tell them, like new guys when they get hired, hey, I just need you to have a positive attitude and be teachable. If you can yeah. give me those two things, right, then I'll get you the rest of the way. Give me those two things and we'll get you there. And it's kind of the same thing with, with the instructors, right? Be positive, okay? Make sure that your message is received and heard uh, so that it drives home, right? If we go into it with a bad attitude or, or not really, you know, real, uh, I don't know, standoffish type of thing, it doesn't drive that message home very good. So right. really, it's going to be that kind of stuff, right? Uh, latest and greatest uh, statistical stuff, uh, realistic training and then positive attitudes and stuff like that. That's what we look for when we're talking about going to training, what inspires us.
0: You're definitely touching on – it's it's cool because I didn't see any of these questions. I was finishing them up today, but you're, like, spot on, almost leading right into these next questions that I have <laughs> right now. And the fourth one was, you know, just training. You know, what? what do you believe is the current pulse of today's fire service when it comes to training? Like, as an overall concept, do you think we're abrasive towards it or really starting to – buy into it or is it just different things you know what's your thoughts on that
1: I feel like we are really buying into it um I, I can start to see that I mean it, now there's there's no reason why you can't find a conference nowadays or some type of training to go to you know back in the in, you know when I first came in you know there there wasn't a whole lot of a lot of conferences or any of that stuff I mean you had FDIC and stuff like that those big ones but you know, there wasn't the Bears of the Oats and, you know, the dagum conferences and, and all these other things and all these cadres now with, you know, uh, the no quit writs and the, the missions and all of them. I mean, and they're everywhere now. Right. So you can find that wherever you want. You just got to go to it. So there really is no excuse to it anymore. So I think that, yes, as a whole in the fire service, we are gravitating to that. OK, um, mm-hmm. that that I can I would definitely say. Um, but with that does come some, some issues, you know, we do need to make sure that we're vetting the information that we're getting, because unfortunately in every line of work and everything, there is people that are in it for the wrong reasons. Uh, you know, they're out there to make a dollar and they'll just put out whatever information they, they see fit. So, you know, you do need to vet it. Uh, but as a whole though, as in the fire service, I do think that, yes, we absolutely are, uh, headed in that and it's making the fire service so much better. Uh, in my mind, uh, we're we're kind of behind that curve, but but we're getting there, and slowly but surely, with this statistical data and and actually putting science behind it and seeing, uh, you know, the numbers and what we're doing, it's going to help. It's just going to take a little bit of time, but yeah. absolutely.
0: And you said, uh, you know, do you think we should be doing anything different or stopping some kind of deemed less effective practices that are still kind of occurring that's actually hindering? The progression of tactics based on this data?
1: <laughs> yeah, there are some things. That's a that's a that's a big broad topic. Um, one for sure, obviously making sure the training is realistic and that it makes mm-hmm. sense, right? Uh, right. I can I can create any kind of scenario that tricks a guy mm-hmm. and, and, and makes him mess up or something along those lines, but that's not what we're here for. So we really kind of need to get away from that. It's about building building them up, right? Using mm-hmm. that crawl, walk, run method. Um, that's real big uh for me. Um and then obviously when you're talking about tactics and stuff, you know, uh, I hate to really kind of harp on it, it may make some people upset, but you know, some some academies, you know, they're they're and and I know they're hindered by the state's curriculum and stuff like that. I, I get it. Uh but as a whole, these guys that are coming out, they're just being taught old stuff. You know, not that it's wrong. You know, it right. was right back, back way back when when I first came in, because that's the stuff that it's i no was longer talking. applicable. It's exactly, it's not the same. The fire service is not the same. We, you know, and when I came in, I remember those guys telling me like, "Hey, uh, the day you stop learning is the day you need to retire." Mm-hmm. And, you know, those things are drove in yeah. our head when I came in, but then now, you know, here we are. We're evolving now, or we're trying to, by looking at the numbers and the scientific data, and these guys refuse. To, to accept it you know they're not willing to do it and i'm like wait a minute well you told me you know the day that i stopped learning is the day that i should get out but yet we're following an it's the book or a whatever book uh jones and bartlett whatever that looks like that has data and technique and things that are just outdated by 20 plus years or more uh right. so it's time that we need to i was telling Uh, uh, some of our guys, we had this kind of, this conversation about academies and stuff. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just create an academy that was geared to more real world, right? Uh, let's, we're going to teach you the, the commissioner, you know, the state uh, curriculum, what they want, right? We'll still hit those bullet points, but then I'm going to throw you some bones and I'm going to teach you some other real world stuff, right? How we're going to handle hose line. how we're going to move with it, how we're going to walk and talk. Right. You'd be surprised how I many guys would get right out of the academy. We ask them, hey, what they teach you on how you're going to hold a hose, how you're going to move, what kind of terminology? And they're like, oh, I don't know. they didn't teach us nothing. Or did, you,
0: or did you even stretch a line? You know, that's one of yeah. what of our Lieutenant like, here, oh. he went around asking. Did you even remember stretching a line in the academy yeah. or was just try to make it on the ground? And he got a yeah. lot of, man, now that you mention it, it's always just been on the ground. Maybe one time did we stretch it hmm
1: it's you know either yeah. laid out already so they don't even and then when they ask them okay well what term of line is, if you need more hose what'd you say oh give me more hose yeah all right ha, okay well see and then you go back to search you go to search stuff right you know there's you your ankle. You grab everybody's <laughs> ankle grab that ankle hey one guy's on the wall he doesn't come off that wall no questions asked the other guy hey we're gonna grab each other's ankles and we're gonna you know uh, stagger ourselves cool. off the wall and all this kind of stuff we follow each other like ants around the room and that stuff's not applicable no more. The fire service has changed. Fires are different. You know, we don't have that legacy fuel stuff or, or if you do, it's not as much anymore, yeah. uh, really. It's, on it's really a
0: fully involved room
1: and contents. You know, exactly. it's my you know, you have to be able to adapt to that. You know, if, if my fires are flashing at, you know uh, and super, super fast now versus what they were with legacy then I need to change my tactics. I need to change how I move. I need to move faster. Time is always our enemy. Always has been, always will be. I don't care if that's, you know, in the fire service or even in life, right? You only got so much time. You don't get any more of that back. Right. Right. So we have to find ways to become faster. I need to gear up faster. I need to get out of the station faster. I need to take the fastest route there. I need to get off the truck, stretch the line the fastest, get inside and start making change. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's it.
0: Simple, man. I absolutely agree because that's that's one thing that comes up a lot, even in our inside organization. And I hear it everywhere, too, is before you even do a training scenario with the probie or the rookie or even the swing guy that has had minimal training, you always hear this is not taught in the academy. Well, if that oh, continues yeah. to be the answer in the underlying problem, now this might be rhetorical or no right or wrong answer. But how do we start? buying into the ears of those that are putting forth the curriculum of these academies. So that way they're not handing us graduate set up for failure right out the
1: gate. Absolutely. I would agree. You know Just think of how much time, right? How much time would we save fire departments if they put out a really good product like that? Right. We, you know, uh, Aaron Fields talks about having a jargon uh, and stuff like that. Right. When we're talking about nozzle forward, so that we all walk and talk the same, right? Mm-hmm. If we did that across the fire service as a whole, where you could come up with something like that and truly have uh, a jargon where we all understand like that, then that mm-hmm. would save us so much time and effort when it comes to training probies, right? If, you, if you, they came out and they already absolutely knew that stuff, we, Hey, we just brief on it. We touch on it a little bit, assure that you know it. And then we move on.
0: Instead, yeah,
1: getting, yeah. Instead we're getting these guys and, and, like it is at my station we we pretty much put them right back through another academy for six right. months worth. I mean that's exactly how our training program is, it is. I don't I trust but verify right? I'm going to trust that they that they've gone right. over it or that they know it but I'm going to verify it. Right? right. So I'm going to start from the scratch. SCBA PPE day 1. Here here it is. And we just build on top of it from there on. So that's awesome.
0: The other the other kind of feedback I get too on you know the the buzzword of training is you get a lot of people that say, well, if my organization doesn't provide it, I shouldn't have to take time out of my personal life to go to these conferences or programs to take them, you know? So how, how would you enlighten those individuals or show them the actual pros versus the cons of that?
1: Yeah. So you can't go into it uh, with that kind of mindset. And if you do, uh, if you're in that mindset of, Hey, you know what, my department doesn't have the money. Uh, I, I shouldn't have to, to go on my own dime or go for free. Man, I'm, I'll just be blunt and honest with you. You're probably not going to go very far in the fire service. You're, or you're going to get passed up because there's always guys that are hungry for it and they just really like to nerd out on this stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, the guys like myself, Kevin, Pfluger, the Tom Hollicks, uh, you, you know, the Chris Snows, mm-hmm. all these guys, right, who are just, hey, I'm willing to pull out my pocketbook and go pay to go check this stuff out. Right. So if you're going to be that guy that says, hey, no, the department should have to pay for that. Well, one, please don't don't start that way. Don't be like that. Right. We need you to I need you to go and and be hungry, pay for some stuff out of your pocket. Make it a balance. Right. If if your department doesn't do that, maybe approach them and say, hey, maybe I pay for the class out of my pocket, my food or lodging and food. uh, And you just give me the time off. Right. Give me some time off. Don't don't make them a hit out of my pocketbook. You know, try to work, work an angle where, where it's beneficial to both mm. the department and the person. Right. And then try to build on top of that. Right. And the more, hey, you show your administration like, yep, I'm bringing all this knowledge back to these guys. And then maybe they bite off on it and then turn around mm. and start paying for it to send you guys to class. you got to yep. start with baby steps, but they can't have that mentality of nah. I don't, I shouldn't, this shouldn't be, you know, affecting my, my, my paycheck or, you know, I shouldn't have to take off or, you know, this ought to all be paid for or done by the city. Uh, you need yeah. to show a little bit of buy-in, man. You, you have to. Um, I have, I've had some guys in the past where, you know, they would say that they're like, oh, my family's more important, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going because of my family and absolutely do not kid yourself. Family is very, very, very important, right? But this is right. what I tell them. I said, Hey, look, I said, did it ever occur to you that going to these classes and learning this information and these techniques and the latest and greatest knowledge, did it ever occur to you that one day, just one day that that information that you get from these might save your life? Absolutely. I said, there are always new techniques that come out, right? Whether it's drags, lifts, carries, how we attack the fire, et cetera. Always new techniques that come out. And if you're stuck doing the old stuff based off old knowledge, you're going to put yourself in harm's way. Oh, well, yep. Worse than cool. it already is. All right. So These
0: tactics are being driven by the data that's being obtained and how to complement that. It's not yeah. a look at me and what I decided to come up with, so follow me because of that. No, it's based off of the True. data that's being recorded. Yep. You know, it's hard that's to good. refute that.
1: Yeah, and I, and I, the I other thing, right. too.
0: Oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to walk on but
1: no you're good. uh and i just tell them like hey you got to think of it from that mindset you know mm-hmm. yes family is important but so mm-hmm. is the work right um yeah. you need to be able to it's a balance big time balance right we need to be able to balance home and and progress and build on top of our skill at work mm-hmm. so, i
0: agree i mean i i love my family time uh, it's the world to me however if i'm able to go a little further out and dedicate a little more of my time to ensure that I am properly competent with other things out there to help get me home, then I'm going Mm -hmm. to take that. That's another driving factor for me because there's times where I hear, well, we're a three man engine company and our second due is 12 minutes out. What can we learn from these guys that are big city municipal who have 25 to 30 and 10 minutes on scene? And it's just like a, a shutout. I don't want to say an excuse, but it's, How do you, how do you answer that? You're like, well, man, it's all applicable. You just, you need to really be open to it. If you're not open, it's hard for me to sit here and explain what I can bring back to the department. If you're not willing to hear it to begin with.
1: Yeah. You, you, you got to get outside of your bubble, right? You got to get outside of your bubble, especially uh, if all, you know, if if you got a guy that's been in just one department and that's all he knows, right? Is that way Uh, you got to get outside of your bubble and, and expand their knowledge. Everybody, everybody does things differently, right? The fire service is, is built on top of people copying people, right? This right. guy over here, this department came up with something and we said, that's a good idea. Let's do that, right? right. Well, the only way that works is by getting out and actually going to other places, talking, talking talk shop with guys saying, hey, how do you do this when this happens? What do you do? You know, and then you, hey, if that works for me. Cool. Bring it back. Let's go.
0: Absolutely. No, I agree 100% on that, man. And uh, switch gears just a little bit. Uh, Some of the things that you've mentioned that are some favorites to train on is the search and RIT. I'm just curious uh, why that is and if you
1: expand on that. And so RIT kind of came a little later in my career. Uh, Search, Mm -hmm. man, I I, that kind of I gravitated to that um, right at right in the academy. I don't don't know why. Just it just kind of I just loved it. I don't know why it just it, there wasn't really something that said, Yep, this is exactly why I, I like doing it." It just happened, and then I can I, I still just remember telling guys when I was in the academy, like, "Hey, man, if I could just be on a, on, a, on a rescue truck, you know, doing search, I I'd, I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat." Love the fire service, love fighting fire, uh, all the other aspects, but but search okay. is it for me. And, and I'll be honest, like I don't have a ton, you know, I, I don't have a ton of grabs. I literally, you know, I've been a part of or assisted on one grab in my 20 years, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not like I have a whole bunch of real world experience. Um, right. So I do, you know, depend on what other guys are doing, you know, and I go and learn off of them, look at that statistical data and stuff like that. But it's that's just my go to for whatever reason on uh, right. search. And then Rick kind of really, I mean, you think about it, RIT's pretty much the same thing, right? You, a, you have a mayday situation. Now we're going in, we're going to search for him, and we're going to, we're going to affect the rescue and, and, and get him out. Uh, so RIT really came along for me because when I first came in, RIT was, you know, hey, we go and you're RIT. God dang it, he put me on RIT. We're sitting yeah. on the curb, you know, to uh, Tom Hollick really, he was the one that really kind of opened my eyes to that, um, you know his his no quit writ uh, i got to, I was fortunate enough to that our department uh or in our region actually uh it's a requirement to go through that program uh so I got to go through it and absolutely loved it uh had a blast and then you know I uh, was fortunate uh, that Tom thought highly enough of me or thought that I did well enough to to bring me on board and to help out with that cadre and man it, it's it's been an absolute blessing and and Super fun. I absolutely love getting to go do that stuff. Um, it's just that's kind of like I said, it just came a little later, uh, but I can tie that right back into search. I mean, that's just really kind of no, my they, mentality, I guess.
0: So. They definitely do go hand in hand. And, um, you know, to be transparent with you there too, the only grab I've ever had was a cat and it was under sheetrock and it oh. didn't end up living, but that that's it though. But still, hey. it was a beloved pet to the to family. And um, just, I yeah. have got to have any true RIT experience. And I'm thankful that there's so much light being shed on that right now. More so recently that I'm seeing than in the past, which is oh, that absolutely. current stigma of, well, we're just going to set the second do or the, the weaker links on RIT. And you listen to Robert Ramirez and Mayday Mindset and see what Basil's oh, yeah. doing with one bad day. It's, it shows the true importance of it. Oh, and absolutely. when I had Tom on, he, he nailed this question and it was the fact that, um, yes, you know, they say that writ by data is from your first do that's interior fighting the fire to begin with. But the question he wants to propose is what kind of writ training did that first do interior crew have in order to make Mayday? And I'm like, man,
1: look Everybody at that. needs to know it. Everybody from the top down. Those numbers don't lie. Just like you talked about those percentages, right? Uh, right. That's. That, that alone should drive the fact, drive home that, hey, everybody needs to have it and they need to be good at it. You know, I, I tell them, you know, everybody talks about, oh, well, you know, when we're talking about uh, search and affecting uh, a rescue, that's your Super Bowl, right? That's, that's it. That's the championship. We'll, if affecting if, if, if a rescue on, on a victim is our Super Bowl, what is it when it's our own brother? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, if it's even more if, you know, or the same, if not more, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to be the best that we can be. I don't Mm -hmm. want some joker over there. I want a guy who, who gets it right. He, he gets on scene. He does that 360. He's listening. He knows where exactly where the crews are operating. He's throwing ladders. He's forcing doors, softening the structure, lighting doorways, et cetera, et cetera, making it extremely beneficial. In the event that something goes wrong, right? Yes. And that's what I'm looking for. Extreme proactive risk. I don't want somebody sitting over there on the ground and just, you know, ah, nah, I don't yeah. like this. This is boring. Oh, It is what you make it. And Get out there and get busy. It doesn't mean that you can't, you know, throw ladders and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Get to work because they're all building blocks off of your basic skills so to say exactly now you have to utilize it in high intense
0: pressure and stress
1: yep absolutely Basics in there that's it man rolling ladders forcing doors drags lifts carries that's all basic stuff you just need to be extremely extremely proficient at it
0: so with that uh elaborating on that so how how do you make training fun but still hit on the importance of the
1: objective Oh, make it fun. Well, really, when we're talking about making it fun, uh, I, that to me really starts with the person's mindset, right? If, mm-hmm. if they don't have that mindset of, hey, training is fun or I, that competitive attitude, it's really going to be difficult. Like if, if you get that kind of person, you really have to start small and get them to buy in on it, right? Start mm-hmm. them small on small goals, make them start accomplishing that stuff so that they can get that feeling of winning and doing right. And we're building something and we're becoming uh, a really solid team. Right. So when it comes to uh, really trying to uh, get, get those guys uh, engaged and having fun, mm-hmm. I like to start, start small, right. We're going to go with the crawl walk run method always uh, mm-hmm. and then make it interesting, you know, um, make it a challenge, make it, make it a race. You know, we do that. We get a new guy in every every you know, whenever we get new guys in, and we start doing all over bunker gear drills and stuff. And we start mm-hmm. having races, doing bunker gear mm-hmm. drills. Uh we start doing, you know, recorded times on on consumption drills and confidence mm-hmm. courses and it just make it a challenge, right? And have fun with it. Uh mm-hmm. go into it, learn everything that you can learn, but but have fun with it. Like really have a positive attitude. You know, don't be afraid to fail. That's a big right. one, right? If guys are afraid or timid to fail in training, man, mm-hmm. that makes it really difficult. That's the place to fail, right? Yes. I absolutely want you to fail in training, okay? If I if you're not failing, then I'm not doing you a solid or making it more uh, difficult enough or challenging enough for you, okay? So don't be afraid to fail. I'm going to fail, and I'm a firm believer, and I'm going to go first every single right. time. I'm the captain on this shift or on my shift, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna do the drill first. And typically, I'm gonna mess up somewhere along the way. I can always find something that I did wrong or whatever. And I make sure to point that out so that everyone from top to bottom sees it Well, shoot. He's a captain, he's willing to go in, he's willing to point out his flaws and say, I did this wrong, man, how can we make it better? What are we gonna do? And if he's willing to do that, then me as the bottom guy shouldn't have any issues with going in and saying, hey, I, I messed up or I did this wrong. If you, especially if you're the rookie. I expect you to not know anything. If you do right. know something, awesome, great. But I'm not going into it with the mindset saying, oh, you're, you're, you're perfect. You're great. That's just not going to happen. So Absolutely. don't be afraid to fail. Absolutely. Failure in my mind is the best teacher. I don't think <clears throat> there is a better teacher in the world. And let, me say, let me say that with this caveat of as long <laughs> as that individual is willing to learn from those mistakes, yeah. if they're not, well, now we got it. That's a whole nother, nother problem. But for, for most, most guys in the fire service that, you know, want to improve, want to be better, uh, they'll go in, they'll make those mistakes and they'll learn from it. And that's a really good teacher because I promise you, if you're one of those guys and you made a mistake like that, you're mm-hmm. not going to make it again. You're going to train your butt off and figure out exactly what you did wrong and how to fix it and how to do it correctly the next time.
0: Oh, absolutely. I even had a brother last night and he just, he threw it out there. Failure came up and he said, failure is only failure when you quit for the last time or the final time. Exactly.
1: We don't fail. Fail. we learn.
0: Absolutely. And that's, that's the other thing too, because you hear it and you know, the fire service is a lot smarter than people may perceive it to be if they haven't even glanced at it. But um, there's a lot of company officers out there that don't even put training as a priority, let alone any kind of physical workouts. It's just mm. uh, we're here for 24, 48 hours. Let's check our chucks and you do your thing. But how, how would you encourage those company officers to really start making that a priority
1: and why it truly is important? Uh, so, yeah, when it comes to that kind of stuff, uh, you know, I've been in places where that's been a, a hot topic, right? Hey, mm-hmm. we don't do we don't do that hard of training while we're on duty because it's going to make me tired or, or, you know, I'm not going to be fresh or prepared. And I won't sugarcoat that, man. If, if, if you are at the firehouse and you're trying to uh, plan out your day and the driving force behind that is my guys will, will get tired if, if we work out or my guys are not going to be fresh. If we do a, a hard training, if that's going to tire you out, you know, a 45 minute to a 2 hour training, if that's going to tire you out, what are you going to do on a structure fire? Like yes. what are you going to do after the structure fire? Yeah,
0: you, you cleared just, it up and then in a second one drops.
1: Hey, exactly, right? Or in my case, I, we work 4896s, right? I pop the structure on the first day. Do my hey, chief, I'm sorry, we ran a structure fire. We're done for the day, bro. Uh, you need to go ahead and uh, bring in the next yes. shift. You know, absolutely not. So, yeah, those guys that use that as a as a driving force, I, you know, that's a whole another another ball game, and they really need to start evaluating how they do things. Um, but right. yeah, putting that putting that as a priority is huge uh, when it comes to hey, we're gonna train and we're gonna we're gonna work out. Uh, and I I won't lie about that. You know, I, it's the working out aspect for me is a little bit more difficult. Luckily, my guys on my crew, uh, you know, the Stephan Rainey's and the, you know, Michael Latakis, Hayden Struble, uh, Kyle Sanchez, old hamster over there, and even my newest O'hamster. guy, old hamster. <laughs> Those guys, man, they'll come get me. You know, I get into that captain duties, and I'm in there, you know, pounding away doing paperwork or whatever it is upstairs, and and they'll, they'll come in there, you'll see them kind of, they come up to the edge of the door and they peek their head around, and, you know, playing around like, "Hey, cat, you gonna come work out?" And I'm like, "Oh man, I'm in the middle of paperwork." And like, "Cat, you gonna come work out?" And they just, they just hold me <laughs> accountable from the bottom. They don't let it off. And I'm like, awesome. oh. I'm like, okay, okay, and I go out there and get my butt whooped for you know an hour or so, but it, it feels good when you're done. Uh, yes. And I'm, I am that guy that they kind of have to drag along, but fortunately, uh, these guys that I have, they're they're awesome, man. They they. They are kind of the rock that keeps it humming, or uh, keeps everything rolling. Uh, what I like about that with these new guys is they come in and they're like, "Hey, man, you see that excitement on their face, right?" It yeah. just reminds you when you get up and out at 20 years, you know, or, or, or further into your career, you know, everybody kind of goes through it at one point or another, where they're kind of like, "Hang, hey, you know, it's a drag or whatever." But seeing those young guys, seeing the looks on their faces and how excited they are and happy to be here. And just want to sit around and talk shop and stuff when while we're doing it all, man. That that right there really makes it makes it easy for me. All right, so uh, having them uh, to be able to to push me and you know force me to like, hey, let's get out here and let's let's do some some working out. That that that's awesome. I can't I can't speak highly enough of those guys on my ship for that.
0: Well, but, that's. It's beautiful to see because, yes, it does start with motivation, but then it turns into discipline, which turns into consistency, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. And when you're only doing that, though, on shift, and I put a post out there. My math is wrong. Someone correct me. But on a 4896 schedule, we schedule, without any kind of overtime or days off, we're working 121 days.
1: And if that's the that's only good, time yeah. that
0: you're allowing yourself in the year to physically exercise or to do any kinds of job-related training for a line of work that has lives on the line, constantly I think you're feeling yourself so it it goes back to that balance of what are you doing on your off time as well that's going to help you with your on-duty time
1: absolutely yeah we have to make sure that we're preparing ourselves it's not it's not it's not really uh is it about you to an extent yes uh but we talk about it everybody you hear guys say it's all it's for them it's for them right and you have to remember that And when we talk about them I tell my guys right when day one before they even really start on the shift. like i asked them when i tell you say the word them what does that mean to you and to me that them obviously is the citizens first right yes. that's what we're there for but then the next step right it's going to be you know your crew that's them your family that's them And nowhere in there did i say i right so all the right. working out this training and stuff is it fun for me yeah it is Uh, It just is it difficult and hard and sucks sometimes? Heck yeah, it does. But at the end of the day, know your why, right? And for me and for most people, that why is going to be that them, you know, because it's always going to be about them. And that's citizens, family, your crew, everything else but you. You know, you come last. That's what it should be.
0: No, absolutely. We we are servants, we are supposed to be those selfless, humble, humble servants. And with that, that we are on the bottom of the totem pole. The only time that I was heard that, and this was recent conversation too, about the whole, the me first thing, and that's making sure that you're physically, emotionally and spiritually intact so you can be selfless to others. So Absolutely. that's about the only time that you can truly say that you're selfish is in the fact that you are going to set a time side or set aside time for yourself to meet those objectives so you can become selfless for everyone else around you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, mental, making sure that you're mentally prepared and taking that time to, to reset is also really, really important. Um, I, I, I can't speak to that uh, enough as well. And I'm sure there are lots of people out there that, that have their demons mm-hmm. or things that they deal with. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I know what that's like. Uh, it's, it's not fun at all. Um, Really, and when that happens, I, I truly hope uh, that we can all um, lean on somebody or have somebody to reach out to. And if not, man, uh, next rung is out there. Uh, Blake Spinett and them do a, do a fantastic job with that. Uh, so just they get it. Just, they really get oh, it. Oh, absolutely. You're not talking to, to some some therapist. Uh, I do have a therapist. I do talk to one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just it is what it is, um, and, and it's helpful. It's beneficial. Uh, So as long as they kind of have an idea of what you're going through and what you deal with, man, I I encourage that uh, 100%. You're never going to hear me complain about it. And I don't lie about it. You know, I had, I had a a stigma about that when, you know, way back when, you know, I was that, that, that kid or that guy that, Hey, I'm invincible, bro. This is, you know, I'm 10 foot tall. I'm bulletproof. Nothing's going to hurt me. And then, one little thing, you know, goes, you know, I start, you know, just had some, some simple like heart palpitations, and it freaked me the heck out. I mean, bad. Uh, just really, cause I wasn't in control, right? We're used to being in control and we're, we're able to fix things. That's what we do. Right. <laughs> I wasn't able to fix it. I wasn't in control and that just absolutely freaked me out. Um, to the point where I, I needed some, you know, medication and, and help, and had to talk to somebody. Uh, so and that's okay. Please, oh, absolutely. Uh, but I had that stigma way back then of, hey, you know, that's suck it up, bro. You know, <laughs> nothing, nothing's gonna happen. Uh, and then it happened, and now I sit here and I have a completely different outlook on that. Like I understand that now. When I hear somebody start, you know, start down that road and they start talking about those issues and things like that, you know, I, I used to be kind of it's like yeah okay you know whatever suck it up Uh, but now it's completely opposite so yeah one of the most beautiful analogies i was told
0: about that too is when we start off on our journey we have an empty backpack and we pick up Mm -hmm. hard things in life and they're rocks and the more rocks that you keep in your backpack the heavier that stuff is to carry and the harder it is to keep pushing forward. So we've got to find someone to give those rocks to or to drop them yes. out of our backpack let it go so we can be more efficient down the road. And yes. I was like, man, that,
1: that's what better way to really knowledge. think about that. Yep, absolutely. So,
0: no, I completely agree. I understand on that one, Captain. Yep. And, uh, so switching gears here a little bit, too. Uh, I think a lot of this is great for anyone of any status in the, the fire service rank wise and all that. But if you were, so what do you tell, what advice do you give your rookies? I'll put it that way. Cause that's the
1: question I love to ask. Okay. Um, what, what advice do you have for them? So my advice to them, um, we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but mm-hmm. one, uh, right. Listen more than we talk. Okay. Um, so that's going to be the first thing. The number two, Hey, be open-minded, right. Uh, I want you to come in and don't be afraid to fail. Uh, and I, I'd like to, like I said, we set that tone right away with them. Um, you know, don't be arrogant. Uh, don't be closed minded and, and and really have a positive attitude and be teachable. Uh, that's it. Be a sponge and just soak it all in. You got the, this is the best job in the world. Uh, there is nothing, nothing better, better job wise there is to do. You just need to Amen. Uh, understand that uh Realize it, and just have fun with it um and just work hard you know yeah. nothing harder the, nothing pays over the top absolutely you, like, you set the you know when you get out of academy, that's just the minimum standard. you got a long way to go, right yes. by no means does that mean that we're done and you are gonna have to work at it day in and day out um to be the best that you can be, right um mm-hmm. I always tell them to the same thing, like hey, you know. If it's your house fire, if it's your house, your family, you know, Mm -hmm. you want you coming, you want the best guy coming, what do you want, right? So keep that in the back of your mind uh, as you progress through your career, you know, make sure that you're in the best shape or physically fit and have sound tactics so that you can do what needs to be done. Man,
0: Um, it's that simple right there too. It is. So with, with your experience as well and your points of view, I would like to ask you too, though, what's your advice for the young company officer who's maybe 26 and put in that position to be in charge of a crew but may have little life experience or a little time on the job?
1: Yeah, so we, that's, that's a good question there. So, you know, uh, the guys that get put into those, you know, unfortunately in, the, in this day and age, uh, especially with the way to, uh, some cities and towns with ESDs and stuff like that, uh, major growth happening, you end up with a young officer group, right? Um, and those guys just haven't quite seen uh, seen enough, or you know, they haven't been on enough calls to to really understand what they're doing, right? So, when when that's the case, you really need to lean on training. Really, absolutely, have to lean on training. Okay, so we need to find the most realistic up-to-date uh training that we can find go there become a student of that game right going in there learning their tactics come back and practicing them passing them on to your guys right because we can affect that change if if i'm a young as if we're young officers and you know that that's an issue right why would you want to continue that right so come back start spreading that knowledge to those guys that are younger than you so that they're not in that same predicament um for the guys that are, are new company officers that that have a lot of time and a lot of experiences and stuff like that, right? Have a plan, okay? Go in there, okay? You, If you have those experiences and, and tons of knowledge like that, don't hoard that. Pass it on to them, man. Go in there and just start spreading those nuggets to those guys, you know, get it to them, to your guys, start building them up, create a team that's better than you, right? That was always my ultimate goal when it came to being a lieutenant or a captain, you know, whatever that, you know, whatever rank you are, make mm-hmm. that team better than you. Uh, if you do that as a whole, the fire service is going to be a lot better off. Just imagine if over the years everybody's done that, right? I made this right. guy better than me and then that guy promotes and then he makes the next guy better than him. It's just, it just compounds and snowballs and gets better and better each time. So it's beautiful get night. in, get in, get to, get into the books, read some books, and uh, you know I kind of feel uh, like I shouldn't really say that because I'm reading for me is just difficult, uh, and the guys, my guys know that, right? They're like, hey, you know, you got to check out this book, you got to read it. I try the audio book stuff; it, it kind of works. Uh, reading for me is just it's just hard. Uh, it, not that I don't know how to read; it's just I, I no, fall I'm but facing t- the same t- problem. <laughs> I get it. My, my t- attention span just it doesn't work for me you know it wants to go off and do do other things i got to be active and moving and yes it's really difficult but uh i you know you just have to find a way whether that's an audio book or something but dive off into that knowledge there really is some really good books out there um with some good information in them uh, to help you out so absolutely yeah. man Everybody, you got any goals you're currently working on Uh, so currently right now, um, really on developmental or career wise, uh, I don't have any like, you know, goals as far as, Hey, I want to go be a chief or anything like that. Uh, really it's just about molding my crew. Um, still trying to, I have a really young crew, so I'm trying to, we're molding them and building them up as we go. Uh, so that's really kind of my goal is to build these guys up and make them that next great officers in the department. Um, that's kind of what, as far as on a career side, um, we're working on the Dagum conference, you know, uh, Let's Kevin's see that. Kinda, yeah, Kevin's kind of the, he's our, he's our ringleader on that. Uh, and he's, he's really good at, you know, Hey, we need this, we need that. And so mm-hmm. I'm just kind of helping out where I need to help out. Uh, so that one really is kind of just, uh, from a, from an outsider work standpoint and really trying to, to make that the best that it can be. We really, really want to put out some good information, good knowledge to everybody in the area uh, and, and in Texas, ultimately. Uh, we want Absolutely. to spread that knowledge. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, just continue to grow as a person. Uh, continue to be a better husband um, to my wife, you know, uh, be there more for the kids, just that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I couldn't agree more.
0: Do you have uh, intentions of wanting to down the road uh, promote past captain or are you really digging where you're at?
1: Uh you know, we'll see. I, I, I still, I, I still think I have a long way to go um, as far as still wanting to be on the truck and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. even now I ride in a, in a command vehicle, I don't even get to ride on the engine or, or the ladder or anything unless, you know, we're just that short. Um, right. So, you know, I still like doing the shift work at, at our department. You know, you, if you're going to go to be the assistant chief or the chief, you're now eight to five. So I don't know. I, right now. Uh, no. <laughs> right now. I kind of like where I'm at. I like being a captain, still being able to mold that crew uh, and, and build that crew out the way that I wanted to. Um, so honestly, well, in all man,
0: fairness, that, that question was from a third party member. So
1: I think, uh,
0: <laughs> I think you can do your homework and maybe figure that one out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I'm not gonna say never. Like I said, you, you never know. Uh, it's right. just right now, I feel like I, uh, I have more of a benefit uh, to my department being in the, in the position that I'm at. Uh, you know, I, I'm also the training officer for our department. So uh, that really ties into uh, me being able to mold uh, yeah. that, that shift or even the department and get them in a direction uh, to where I think that we need to be heading.
0: Absolutely. And so as a training officer, do you, uh, I'm sure everyone's got their different policies or routines with their training divisions and stuff like that. But do you on your shift go around to your different companies and see what they're training on? Or do you lay out a foundation for them or let the company officers and you just kind of visit and help mitigate? How's that look for you?
1: Yeah, so really for for the way that i operate things uh it really started back with the what does the chief want right so unfortunately my chief link server is uh extremely um extremely good or willing to say hey uh i don't know all the end all be all tactics and stuff like that he'll give us a generalized direction uh that he wants to kind of focus some things on but he can't give me free reign to do whatever it is that myself and uh my assistant training officer, and they, the the two chiefs, kind of want to do. So um, I came in and said, hey, you know, when I took over as training officer, it was like, hey, you know, what are your goals? What do you want me to do? What's what's your vision of this look like? Um, For him, it was a lot of ISO stuff, you know, how chiefs, they like the ISO stuff, and nothing wrong with that. I mean, honestly, it created a a lot of training. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with ISO training hours, but uh, basically in a nutshell, it says, you know, you got to have – 16 hours of in-house fire uh in-house training per firefighter per month so you know you turn around and you're like oh (laughs) some of these guys who are like you need me to do 16 hours of training a month (laughs) and they you thought they you know that was the end of the world especially when the commission says all you got to do is 20 hours in a year uh right but man i came in and like okay cool so he says that that makes it easy go in there so i basically just built out a plan uh for the year and so I break it down, I'll field questions or field uh, ideas from, my, from, the, from the guys, say, hey, kinda, what do y'all wanna cover? Any, any specific topics y'all wanna look into or, or train on or cover? So I field those questions, what classes they'd like to see come in. Sure. Uh, and then I build off of that and say, okay, then I go in and I say, okay, hey, here's our monthly or our yearly plan. We're gonna focus on these things, right? And then I go in and break it down and say, okay, hey, this month we're gonna cover these five topics. And I, 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 I hit on the basics. That's, that's what I do. Um, Mm -hmm. for me, it's always the basics, right? We're going to do some SCBA stuff. We're going to throw ladders. We're going to stretch lines. Uh, we're going to flow water. We're going to work on search, you know, all those very basic things and we're going to become really good at them, really proficient, right? Basics always win. Uh, and then I'm going to start sprinkling in just some more advanced stuff because I want my guys to grow. Um, and I do encourage big time, go to conferences, right? Any conference that I can find or any of the ones that the guys find that post them all over the department. And I'm not going to turn them down. If they want to go, absolutely. We'll pay for it. I'll send you, put you in a hotel, you know, whatever that looks like. You go soak it up, bring it back and let's learn from it. Uh, but for awesome. the most part, yeah, for those guys, hey, here's your monthly plan. Cover those topics. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, if you really got down to, you know, where you wanted to micromanage it, it's, it's like two hours of training a day. And that's not much. Right.
0: No, it's and really my, not. Not in a 24 about, hour 48. It really is. Oh isn't. no.
1: Yeah. So you do that and, you, and you'd be amazed at how many hours that you, your department can stack up and, and do for the year. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I think it's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, brother, if we're, if we're concluding this. And like I said, it's been an, Outstanding conversation just to begin with so many nuggets. Um, definitely one I'll be listening back to for some times, but um, I do like to end all of my episodes with the question of what does setting the standard mean to you? Because I find that one to be very near and dear to myself and everyone has got a same or a spin on it. That's just phenomenal to hear. So I would just like to ask you what does setting the standard mean to you?
1: Yeah. So for me, when we're talking about setting that standard um, it's all uh, ties back to me where it's an integrity, right? It's all based off integrity, doing what's right. Um, and if we can all have integrity and do what's right and do it right the first time, right. Don't, don't, or not do it right the first time, but uh, if we can sit there and uh, lost my train of thought on my words, um, you. man, just, Really, it's just going to be about integrity, doing what's right, and, and, and trying your hardest. Uh, yeah. so that's going to be it for me. Uh, when we talk about setting that standard, don't ever settle for, for minimum. Uh, and if once you reach that standard, it should go up from there. Never does it, oh, I reached that standard and I'm done. Right? You should never really be able to reach that standard. Or right? I hope that in, when it comes to your drive and passion, that you don't reach that standard. If you do reach it. Now I expand on that. Right. I try to make yeah. it higher or more better. Um, that's kind of how I see about what I see about it.
0: Now, I love that. And when I asked Brother Tom that he said the citizens set the standard. And I said, man, that, that's golden. So I've actually gone out and those that from church or whatnot, they know I'm a firefighter. I'll uh, I'll ask them, what do you expect out of your fireman? Yeah, what what do you expect out <laughs> of those guys coming? And seriously, I, I encourage y'all that's listening to, to do that.
1: Those that Absolutely. know you're a
0: firefighter or you have those encounters out in public, just ask them, what do you expect out of us? And yep. start really letting that sink in because you're hearing it from them. And you might have to Absolutely. respond to them two hours after you met.
1: And yeah, I, I that, love
0: that. That changed my mind yeah, a lot. that's it.
1: That's an absolute huge nugget there when you're talking about that the citizens set that standard. You know, we didn't. You know, we didn't set that standard. Nobody in the current fire service right now today set that standard. You know, right. citizens did it. Guys that came way before us did it, et cetera, et cetera.
0: So, no, absolutely, But brother, I can't thank you enough, Captain, for coming on, just spending you know an hour of your time this afternoon to just talk with us and just really let us pick your brain and talk shop. And I greatly appreciate it. Um, I'm really proud of what you're doing. I've been Following you in the live oak boys, you're making big waves and very positive impact. It's incredible to watch and just see and be a part of. And I just wanted to thank you for coming
1: on. Hey, not a problem, brother. Thank you for having me. Uh, same for you, man. Uh, we all love what you're doing over there. You know, with well, the you. uncommon firemen mm. and this roadkill board stuff. Uh, that's that's huge. Um, uh, Kevin says it all the time. What you know? What a time to be in the fire service. What uh, a time. I I truly <laughs> truly believe that. I if I. That's the one thing I really wish, you know, I wish that my first, you know, 10 to 15 years or just like it's been the last five, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just been amazing. Uh, And hopefully we can instill that and and spread that. So the guys that are coming in have their entire career of that. Yes.
0: I don't think this is just like a a high that's gonna go down per se. I think now that we see it, it's gonna be maintaining. And how are we going to teach these next generations to maintain what level we're at right now or that we're we're not even peaked, but how are we going to continue to maintain it?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I definitely think the points you touched on in this episode really help solidify how to do just that too. Awesome. Well I hope so. Well, Cap. Thank you again. If there's anyone you want to, you know, just give a word of praise or affirmation to, you know, I allow my guests to do that just because you never know it might be on their heart. If it's a long list, I get it too.
1: Oh yeah, it is a long list, but I mean, obviously, it's going to, you know, start with with God. Uh, You know, I'm glad that He's able to use me as a tool uh, to help anybody that needs any help, Uh, and then I'm to living my life.
0: Not sure if I lost you a hundred percent, but yeah, I think, we, I think we lost connection with captain Chris Everett, but nonetheless, though, it was outstanding stuff that he did put out there. Very thankful for his time. Uh, thankful for everything that he's doing for the fire service. And thank you guys for listening.
1: So y'all stay tuned.